Hello, everybody, and welcome to Food Management's podcast, FM On Demand with Tara Fitzpatrick. I'm your host, Tara Fitzpatrick, and today you're in for a treat. If you like British accents, please continue to listen because we are talking to American Dining Creations chef John Pye. And aside from his accent, he has some very valuable things to tell us about business dining, um, the way that things have been happening in terms of workplace cafeterias. ADC is actually expanding and he's going to tell us some of the things that have worked for them for getting business dining back into shape. And we also talk about some British food dishes that have confused me over the years. I think one of them is toad in a hole. And we get we get to the bottom of some some of these things. So um, please continue to listen. Enjoy. Jonathan Pye. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah. So we were just, we want to kind of start in the present day. You are a corporate chef and you are covering all parts of this country that except for the Northeast. So yes. you start in Pittsburgh, you go all the way over to Utah and Idaho area. Mm-hmm. So has tell us about some, some projects that you've been bringing around to different parts of the country lately. Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of what I do right now is, you know, a lot of companies are returning to office. So we're helping companies through that transition. Some are dealing with it really well and getting all their employees back and some are really struggling and they don't have a single person in the building. So mm-hmm. we're having to kind of navigate our food service uh, to, to meet their needs. You know, we may have just one person working there opening a grill every day and just serving <laughs> burgers to the 20 or 30 people that are in the building. Or we might have two or 300 people in a building where we have a couple stations open um, all the way to some government buildings that are fully loaded with three, 4,000 people and we have full cafes open and they're like food halls. The people are uh, back. It sounds like a real mixed bag for b and It really is. It, it's, yeah. got, it's got to the point where we're custom building for everybody. I mean, we're, we're known mm-hmm. for that, custom, mm-hmm. our customization yeah. for our clients. And we've really, uh, our, it's hit our niche really nicely over the last couple of years because that's what we're good at. We, we, we react quickly, we change and we pivot and all those things. Right. You had yeah. some elements baked in of what, yeah. <clears throat> of what you needed to survive the pandemic. You guys had already been doing that. And yeah. we, mm-hmm. we have done many stories just about you and about your company, ADC, mm-hmm. and absolutely just always on the cutting edge and like some really cool ideas. And I can remember um, when everybody was doing Zoom cook along meetings. Mm-hmm. We had a very fun one that the yeah. great Nick Salvini was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows all about wine. And he was telling us, mm-hmm. um, and it was really nice. It was like a white Bordeaux or something like that. Right. So yeah, anyway, I'm sorry, totally off subject already. <laughs> so you have so we were talking about the mixed bag. There's some some people are continuing to work from home, other mm-hmm. companies are back full force, other ones are like maybe people are coming in a few days a week. Yeah. So that that leads to customizing for like each client. Like you're not yeah. coming up with something that's um, one size fits all, in other words. Not really, no. And most, most companies are coming back Tuesday through Thursday. They're the, the three busy days. So uh, most- That sounds reasonable. Yeah, most people are enjoying the four-day weekend thing, but they're, wor- <laughs> they're, they're working on Mondays and Fridays. And I think they're putting the bulk of the 40 hours in during mm-hmm. Tuesday through Thursday. So mm-hmm. it, 
it really works for both companies. Companies are not having to spend a ton of money on their buildings and yeah. people are not spending a ton of money filling the gas tanks and buying the $20 salad that is, is the <laughs> new normal. And so it's, yes. it's kind of working. We're making it work. Um, That's cool. That sounds, yeah. it sounds balanced. I don't know, because for years I worked in downtown Cleveland and I live like, I mean, it was a good, like 45 minute, like on a good day commute. Mm-hmm. And like, I would spend tons of money on lunch and right. all the time. And just to treat myself just because mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I drove all the way out here and I would pay for parking. Yeah. But yeah. is it sort of, is it slow moving though for food service? Like, because our company's deciding like, am I going to have a corporate cafeteria or am I not? Or like, what's that going to look like? So how are you yeah. kind of like walking them through that like decision? Yeah, I mean, se- several things are happening. I mean, the, the recent kind of slowdown, I guess, and, you know, the pandemic itself has helped us in a little way because we always used to be fighting with, you know, fast food restaurants, Panera, those kind of companies, and always having to mm-hmm. keep our prices below theirs to keep people in buildings. And now, you know, you walk into any fast food restaurant, it's 10 plus dollars. Oh, yeah. And our food's all lower than $10. So it's kind of, yeah. it's helped us in that respect for sure. But where it hasn't helped us is we, we just never know how many people we're cooking for anymore. You know, it's like there's That's 500 crazy. people, there's 500 people in the building, uh, but only two of them, 200 of them turned up on this particular day. Yeah. But we don't know that until the day's over, you know. So it's kind of like we're just we're constantly sort of how many are we going to do tomorrow? Like it's a discussion every day. Yeah, what's tomorrow going to bring? Uh, whereas in the past it was based on the weather. You know, if it was going to rain, you were going to get super busy. If it was wasn't, and people would go out a little bit. So you kind of knew where you were. You don't you don't really know where you're at anymore. Yeah. Um, with numbers, yeah. we forecast it as good as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we've done in in my region, I know, um, is something we call pop up restaurant which is all ADC branded restaurants. So it's all of our, it's all of our concepts basically um, that we've put out as LTOs, monthly LTOs. Uh, It might be ramen concept. It might be bibimbap. It might be fried chicken or uh, Mediterranean or plant-based or whatever it is, because there's only a certain amount of people in these big cafeterias. We're just opening like say two stations Mm-hmm. And there'll be a different restaurant every week there. So one week it'll be a burger concept. One week it'll be ramen. One week it'll be fried chicken. So it keeps the variety constantly. Yeah, turning. I like that. That's, that's it, pretty fun. It, it allows us to only have two or three employees in the building too. So mm-hmm. just, you know, well, trying to keep the labor costs down as well because. Yeah, everybody's you know, looking for ways to do that and to, absolutely. Be able to, to do more with less. But I, I love yeah. the idea of pop-up because it, it does keep things more interesting and when it is like a set environment. And like you mentioned, um, a lot of government workers are pretty much back full force. My, yeah. friend, my friend Cheryl works for Social Security and I, I think she's she's back mm-hmm. full-time now, like in, in the physical office. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um so in addition to doing those pop-up things, what are some other like fun projects or, or things coming up? Because I have not caught up with you in a while. So like, no, it's like what's, what have you been working on? Well, I think during COVID, what we did, we, we spent a lot of time uh, on the sales side of things. You know, we, a lot of companies kind of were like, well, we've got time right now to put this, yeah. put this cafeteria out to food service out to bid. And we got invited to the table with a lot of places. We spent a lot of time on sales. And we're seeing a lot of those accounts open now. So that, okay. that's, that's filling a lot of our time. That's cool. um, I mean, like the Utah market, we had nothing there last year and we're about to open our third account. 
in, uh, in a couple of weeks. So, nice. so the Utah market's growing. Um, oh, very cool. We, we popped into Idaho for the first time. We're uh, opening an account in Minnesota next Monday. For the, that's our first account in Minnesota. So we're, we're definitely expanding and the, uh, the higher ed side right now, you know, we've got, this is the time of year where we go through the sales process with a lot of higher ed accounts. So yeah. typically in the summer, we'll have to open three or four higher ed accounts as well. So brand new ones. So we're, we're definitely busy at this time of year, typically from sort of April till about July is a busy time for sales slash transitioning into opening accounts. Um, yeah, yeah. On the on the food side, we do, every month we do an LTO, which is kind of company-wide. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of loosely base them. We don't say to people, hey, you have to run this every day and you have to run the full concept. We leave it to, to each operator, yeah. you know, the, the single person unit that, can only do a little bit, does a little bit of the LTO and the big, big accounts, they run the full concept. Yeah. Um, currently, we're this month, we're going to run a healthy ball concept called Be Bold. Um, oh, it's kind I of a globally, it. globally inspired. Um, nice. Lots of fresh veggies, lots of health benefits, okay. spices, like there's an Indian bowl with turmeric and some spices okay. that are healthy. And uh, there's a Mexican bowl, there's a Chinese bowl. There's just one from awesome. each different areas. And they're just super healthy and Really okay. easy to put together, really, but it's just nice and flavorful and colorful. So yeah, because I think it's it's a continuing trend. First of all, bowls because like mm-hmm. they're so portable, and second yeah. of all, like food that is going to physically make you feel good. Because I mm-hmm. am so tired of feeling like crap after yeah. I eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been eating sure. really bad lately. That could be part <laughs> of it. But like having those functional ingredients like turmeric, those are still going to be mm-hmm. trending so hard. I feel oh, like yeah. because people's like sense of well being and our health is so important. It's like people are realizing like just how precious that is and I have like a little bit of a sidebar about turmeric and we're going to talk more later about Indian food in general but I just as a chef and speaking about flavors what do you think turmeric gives food it kind of like neutralizes the flavor somehow Mm -hmm. like when I put it on something it tastes like less of something than it yeah. is. I'm not sure if I'm describing this right. Yeah. But it has like a muting quality to it that mm-hmm. I, it's hard to explain. And I know that you need to mix it with black pepper and a fat to activate it's yeah. it's good stuff. But like what is it about the flavor? That's it's just a weird like or maybe I just taste it weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of chalky. I don't know. It's it's yeah. not it, I, I like to add it in a lot of foods at home just for the health yeah. benefits. Like I'll put it in chili and me too. Uh, just any kind of soups and stuff that that can take it. Yeah, yeah. I put I put turmeric in a lot of stuff. So yeah, boy, will like, it stain your Tupperware though. Like <laughs> it will stain and, everything. Yeah. Oh my god! Because <laughs> my daughter is she's a neat freak. She loves to clean, and whenever I use that, she knows it. And she's like, "Why did you do that, Mama? That's all <laughs> over everything." But it's like it's, I want the health benefits. I want to live forever. <laughs> Can't yeah. you see that? <laughs> So, yeah, but let's, let's talk about that. Um, the Indian food and, um, yeah, like before you came across the pond to us, like whereabouts were you living and, and tell us like a little bit of your, your life story real quick. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was uh, born in Manchester, uh, in the Northwest of England. 
my parents moved further north when I was about 16, and that's when I started um, a culinary school when I was 16. Uh, we leave high school at 16 in England, so. Nice. Uh, Party I time. <laughs> I didn't just leave school when I was 16. Um, so I uh, went to culinary school. I'd already been working in a kind of like a gastro pub. I was washing dishes, and nice. uh, then the salad guy called off sick, and then the dish guy had to step up to be a salad guy, and, you know, and one thing led to another. The chef kind of was like, oh, you seem to be doing pretty good. Let's get you out of the dish pit. And, uh, so I worked with this old French chef. Uh, he was about 65. He was really grumpy. Uh, yeah, I was going to so, say, that sounds like he probably was really mean to you, right? Yeah, like it, it, it was like Ratatouille, you know, I was the, <laughs> the guy that got pans thrown at. And uh, so I, I used to wash dishes for him and he used all copper pans. Oh. Um, and he made everything to order, you know, old school French guy made cream sauces and demi glaces and all this oh, stuff. Oh yeah. So you learned all the sauces. I yeah. Bet. So I kind of was always looking over my shoulder and I had my back to him and he would throw pans along the floor at me and I had to use stop them with my feet because they were totally hot, you know, but the stupid thing was it was, they, they were the copper pans. They were super expensive pans, but he didn't care. He just he, threw them along the floor at just, me. And, uh, he went that far with, yeah. his, with his pettiness. With his and I'll never... Like, and it's we laugh because it is, it's it's hilarious, but like that mm-hmm. doesn't fly anymore. In no, kitchens. you could like, You could no. not do that. No. So how did you break the generational curse? Like when you're in charge <laughs> of people, like how are you like, I have the urge to throw this pan, but I yeah. not. <laughs> well, luckily, like, how, does that, how did that change come about because it's just within like the last I mean it used to be cool to people thought you know like oh, that's yeah. how you learn yeah. that's good yeah, you, you got yeah oh, well the first thing he ever said to me I walked in the kitchen and he said so you want to be a chef huh and I said yeah he said well I'm going to change your mind that was the first <laughs> thing he said to me and I've never forgotten that it's always stuck in my mind I mean, that was what 35 years ago and oh my it's, gosh it's never uh yes, it's, it's- it's like when I tried to join the Jewish religion, they were like, we don't want you, <laughs> please, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> they don't try to convert you. <laughs> I mean, luckily so, I've always been a calm person. I've always, right? I've never been a yeller anyway, even in life. So, um, and I kind of a unique uh, path in my career. I had left college at 19. I'd been working in a couple of hotels, uh, a couple of old hotels um, in the Lake District. And then, a friend of mine's dad owned a, a gastro pub um, and said, hey, we need a chef. Do you want to take a job? And so I was 19 and straight into an executive chef role and always stayed as an executive chef through my entire career. I've never, so I've only ever been an apprentice or an executive chef. I've never huh. done anything in between. So that's very cool. Kind of interesting. Like so yeah. So uh, I, lots of mistakes, lots of disasters in the first few years because I didn't know better and yeah yeah can you can you remember one particular disaster that that sticks with you yeah i forgot to it was kind of a steakhouse this gastro pub we're famous for these dry aged steaks we had a great butcher just in the same village that uh, so it was a local product um and i completely forgot to order the steaks that week and then we got to saturday night and i kind of went to stock all my uh, fridges and there was not much there oh no you were like where's the beef yeah (laughs) the boss was not very happy and uh, we moved on though. We yeah, moved. that's bad. It's moments really like that where it doesn't your heart just drops into yeah, your stomach. Yeah. You're like, oh, it sure no. does. And but I think chefs only get better with those kind of you know errors and mistakes and disasters. I think we just that's how we learn basically. So yes, that's true of everybody. It's like we everybody should be a little mm-hmm. bit more welcoming of of the mistakes that happen because you do mm-hmm. you definitely learn from it. That's yeah, for, for sure. sure. Absolutely. And I wondered. You know, being British, 
and the way that Americans react to you, because I feel like, like, first of all, we're probably always like, say something to me, yeah, talk yeah. to me in your accent, which I'm trying very hard. To not <laughs> <I> do, <laughs> so so. That's definitely me. But, um, and also we um, have like stereotypes about your food. Like what yeah. is like toad in the hole? <laughs> like, I wonder if you could demyst or myth bust some of <laughs> the, the myths or like, let's start with the proper English breakfast, I guess you oh, could the, say. The, the full English breakfast. Full yeah. English. Okay, yeah. full English that, breakfast. That's that's how you would order it if you went into any cafe or restaurant or in any bed and breakfast establishment hotel. Mm -hmm. You'd They would ask you what you want for breakfast and you'd say, give me the full English. So that, that that's how you would order it. Okay. Um, it, and it ranges in uh, quality and ingredients. And mm -hmm. I'll list you some of the ingredients that's on there. I mean, there's about 50 different ingredients you can put on it, but <laughs> some places go nuts and, you know, it's bacon, sausage, eggs, uh, fried bread, which is just bread fried in lard, basically. Oh, boy. I mean, really, really, really good. <laughs> Breakfast <bite>. of champions. <laughs> Baked beans, mushrooms, black pudding, white pudding, steak, uh, grilled tomatoes, toast and breads. I mean, it just goes on yeah, and on. Yeah, yeah. Depends where you are. Some... Mm -hmm. If you stay in a nice quaint B&B somewhere, you might get a really good breakfast because the owner will be super proud of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. We we stayed. I've I've only been to the country once and I was like in my early 20s, I was with my family. We stayed, I want to say it was like around Colchester because my brother yeah. Bobby was going to school. I want to say it was Colchester. And yeah. there, it definitely was like a quaint um, B and B mm -hmm. and it was like, really, it must've been haunted, like for sure. <laughs> like some of like the dreams that I had there, it was like very scary. And it was sort of it was like mildew. It was damp and there was like water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's always raining but, and, and the jet lag mixed in and yeah. And sure. we had, yep. Um, I remember the beans the most and I love baked beans. Like a lot of people like that, that I know are not fans of baked beans, but I really like them. So yeah. I was, I was cool with that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's something people don't understand. Um, the toad in the hole just sounds yeah. weird, but so explain that one. So that's just basically sausages. So like a, <laughs> a two or four ounce link sausage that would be <laughs> in a nonstick pan. And then you would pour over Yorkshire pudding batter. Okay. What, what's that? It. So it's like a popover. Mm, okay. Pop so uh, okay. just a savory popover. It's something we serve in England on uh, a big tradition is you do a, a nice roast on a Sunday. So you'd get like a whole Love chicken it. or a pork loin or a, you know, a, a, a roast beef. Yeah. And then you would yeah. do lots of different vegetables and potatoes with it. And then you would do the popovers with it too. The Yorkshire pudding traditionally served with the roast beef. So that's cool. The Sunday roast is something. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that there was a cookbook recently that I really liked that was all about Sunday roasts. And I can't remember who wrote it, but I was like, what a cool tradition. Cause it's like, yeah, so it really cozy. is. Well, and then, settle in. and then my favorite thing the next day was all the leftovers. My mom would make bubble and squeak, which was the, which is a London, it's a London thing really. But um, so you mix all the leftover vegetables with the mashed potatoes. You just make this, I don't know what you would describe it as, but you would get like a cast iron pan. Or like a with, hash? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Um, and then you would get some lard or butter and put it in the cast iron pan, and then you would press the potato in in one big piece. Yum. And then it would just kind of, you could hear it squeaking, and it, would bubble, and it would bubble as well, so it was bubble and squeak. So, And then you would try and flip it. Uh, not always very successfully because it was just mashed potatoes and some people would mix eggs in with it just to kind of hold it together but it would get a real nice real nice crust on the outside and then it would be all the veggies like 
cabbage is a I was going to say cabbage. Yeah, Sounds like it would be so good. Yeah. And then my mom would always do mashed carrots and turnips and uh, peas and that kind of stuff. That would all just go in with it. So that's cool. It was and a great way to use everything up. So. I was going to say it's like a use up your leftovers yeah. situation, yeah. which is very nice to do. Mm-hmm. And what was there was something that that triggered that I was going to say that I was going to ask about something different. Oh, my mind is blank. Need more coffee. <laughs> so, any other like myths that we that we need to bu- to bust about um, uh, British food? I mean, it used to be it was justified the criticism of British food for the longest time because it wasn't very good, and a lot of Americans would you know come over to Britain and you know, eat out and just be kind of like, ah, oh, this food's not very good. Right, just, right. Just Why really do you think basic. that was? Why? I don't know. I, I, it took a generation of chefs kind of like Gordon Ramsay back yeah. his time and uh, Jamie Oliver, those famous guys. Now they were the ones yeah. that really kind of got it going. And there's some really great chefs in England now. Oh yeah. And all of the country food has improved immeasurably and probably right about when I left. So <laughs> I'm hoping that's not a coincidence. Purely coincidental. <laughs> that's funny though. And that, that is really true that, that those, those guys like sort of were like, why does it have to be this way? Like we can cook, yeah. we can, we can do some good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've always been interested in um, the Indian food connection where mm-hmm. like British people found that this has flavor and and we really like it so was that a counter a counteractive to like all the bland food that was there and they were just like curry is amazing flavor yeah (laughs) i think probably yeah certainly more so in the last 20 to 40 years but you know england britain they occupied india for 200 years and that was really where it started and the first Indian food came over probably about 250 years ago. Right. Cause it was, um, it was during the 1800s, right? Yeah. And you know, there was so many British army in India. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, and it produced this bustling trade between the two countries. Um, and also a lot of people moved vice versa. You know, a lot of Indians mm-hmm. came over to Britain and a lot of British stayed in India. Um, and I think they just enjoyed the food so much because like you said, there's super flavors and yeah, and it was, you know, healthy and, Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of in the 1950s and 60s, there was a huge influx of Indian people oh, okay. um, who, you know, in turn started opening restaurants. And So then you get more authentic yeah. when you have yeah. like the actual people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you can go on literally any street corner now in England and there's a great Indian Love restaurant it. and they're the, they're the best. Yeah. What I really like is um, paneer. Mm-hmm just i just love cheese of any kind yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's so delicious yeah for sure yeah and boy i i just feel as if i really could talk to you all day but the last thing that i wanted to ask are just what are some things that have been inspiring you lately like shows um, art things in nature random things that you've seen what what's been kind of getting your creative juices flowing again uh a few things lately i, I actually went to the restaurant show last weekend and Oh, how was it? It was great. It's actually the first time I've ever been. I've I've tried to go about five times and something has stopped me every time. So I actually got there. And the one thing that really stood out of the show this year was plant-based foods. I mean, just an unbelievable amount of booths dedicated to plant-based foods. Mm -hmm. So many companies that I've never even heard of. Um, Several different versions of plant-based food. And I think it's something that we've, we've had to address over the last year is, you know, it's, it's, it's a big thing now, you know, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are really, really wanting that. And I think it's the millennials and the Gen Zers that are pushing 
healthier foods. They want to know yeah. what they're eating and they want to know that that is healthy or just mm-hmm. stealth health, you know. So um, right. that's one definite trend that's really hit me lately. But something that inspires me a lot at this time of year is just planting vegetables at home. You oh. know, I've been, I've been oh. my own garden. You know, I, I, I built a couple of raised beds uh, oh, nice. uh, two years ago, I think now. So I've kind of, it's evolved to where I'm planting it a bit better now. And I'm one of those people that like, you know, I need like four tomato plants and I plant 20 seeds. So I'm like, <laughs> so then, I'm, you know, I'm giving all the nervous plants, um, which is great because, you know, it's created that kind of, a little more sense of community. And I love that. Yeah, and that's not, such, such a good way to yeah, meet your neighbors it, too. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it also ties into food waste, you know, it's kind of like, it's made me think I only need to plant four. You know, mm, so mm-hmm, why am I planting mm-hmm. 20 and just throwing plants away? Or, you know, and it, and it kind of goes all the way down the line. And I'm sure farmers are kind of yeah. have that quandary every season too. But yeah, it's nice for me to just give the plants to my neighbors. And then all year they're like, oh my God, the tomatoes were so good or whatever. And so, it, so it's, it, it's a nice little sense of community and helps with food nice. waste and helps people not have to drive to the store so much and you know yeah that is awesome yeah and it's it's such a simple thing to do and it's like getting back to the earth I love that Mm -hmm. yes for sure definitely cool all right well we are almost running out of time but I I just wanted to say we're definitely going to keep our eye on you and um, continue to to keep up with everything that you're doing so come back and see us again soon and have have a great rest of your day thank you so much thank you so much